This is the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast, your source for the strategies, systems, and insights you need to turn your dreams into your destiny. Every week, we dive into dynamic conversations as our host, Nicole Greer, interviews leadership and business experts. They're here to shed light on practical solutions to the challenges of personal and professional development. Now, here's your host, a professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome, everybody, to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. My name is Nicole Greer, and they call me the Vibrant Coach. And today, I'm going to be my own guest on the podcast. Many of the people that listen to the podcast and have listened to it for over a year have requested that I just download some of what I know. I've been doing business for a very long time, and I'm one of those people who loves to work. I love to do well at work. I think that work is fun. And although it is a four letter word, uh, it is something that we all have to do and we all have to experience. So why not have fun doing it? So let's get started. I'm going to share with you tools in my Build a Vibrant Culture Toolbox. It's my Vibrant Coaching Toolbox. When I started my career uh, back in 2007 uh, as a coach, I went and took a program and that program was instrumental in helping me think about how can I help other people learn to be better leaders and better managers. And here's what we know. The linchpin truth about our work is that we either do well because of the people that are around us, especially the person who is our or the person that we're reporting to, or we don't do well because of the people around us, right? So we can have a great product. We can have a great process. We can have all sorts of things that would do well in the marketplace, but none of the th- those things do well in the marketplace unless they have human beings, human resources that can deliver that product, that service to the marketplace. And so the number one thing we need to understand as leaders and managers is that we have to actually coach them. So let's talk a little bit about coaching. I think also, too, people might be a little confused about what coaching actually is. But coaching is a wonderful, wonderful thing, and everybody needs to learn to do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down here, and I'm going to share my screen and show you um, my vibrant coaching toolbox. All right. So here it is. And so inside of this little box here, this beautiful orange box are going to be several tools I'm going to share over the next few weeks that are going to help you become a better leader, a better manager, a better mentor, and a better coach. And again, this is the linchpin thing that makes your organization have a vibrant culture. So what's in my vibrant coaching toolbox? Well, I'll tell you. The first thing is, is that we're going to talk about in today's session, today's episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast is going to be about concepts of leadership, managing, mentoring, and coaching. So right there in your office, if you are somebody who is trying to positively influence the organization, You need to have four hats on your hat rack, okay? And those four hats are my leadership hat, my managing hat, my mentoring hat, and my coaching hat. And so I have these four different hats, and I learn, I have enough awareness as a leader, as a human, to read the other people in the room, read the person in front of me, and figure out which of these hats should I put on right now. Now, in the midst of one or two conversations, you might have this hat, these hats on and off several times. So you have to be agile, you have to be flexible, and you have to be a leader who's open and aware of what's going on. And we'll cover these other concepts in future upcoming episodes of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. 
So I want to start out with this idea, which is what is coaching? Now, this definition comes from the ICF, the International Coaching Federation. So go check them out. They are kind of the authority on everything coaching. Uh, I'm a member and the coaching programs that I have gone through uh, were formatted according to the ICF qualifications. And so all these great people around planet Earth, ICF is global, they put together this definition of coaching. And so let's go through it and think about it for a second because I'm not sure people understand really what coaching is, okay? So coaching is partnering with an individual. And what that means is, is that the coach is not smarter than the coachee. The coach is not older than the coachee. The the coach is not a better performer than the coachee. The coach is somebody who simply comes alongside the person that needs help. And I think that's so, so important. All we're trying to do is help. Like If you think back in your lifetime, the coaches that you've had, you know, these were people who came alongside you and helped you become a better swimmer. Like I used to be on the swim team in high school. And so my coach was there to help me. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. My coach uh, up in Wisconsin, when I went to high school up there, she needed somebody to do the butterfly, the 200 meter butterfly. And so nobody wanted to do this butterfly, right? And I don't know if you've ever done the butterfly stroke, but it's a challenge. And so she kind of looked across all the little swimmers she had out there in the pool and she like pointed at me and she said, will you learn the butterfly? And so I was raised to say yes. And so of course I said yes. And that's a good thing, being raised to say yes to the right things, but to say yes to challenges, yes to growth, yes to moving forward, yes to challenging yourself. So I said yes. And then she partnered with me. She said, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to help you do this butterfly. So she taught me what the stroke looked like. She got in the water with me and she, you know, showed me what I needed to do in the water. Um, she probably, this was not be a good idea legally, but like she tied my feet together with like a little uh, strap. <laughs> so my little feet would go like this. Um, and she challenged me. She she had a thought-provoking creative process that taught me how to do the butterfly stroke. And to this day, I love doing the butterfly. Um, so I think that this is a really important thing. Now, this is the same thing in your life with regards to like, I don't know, did any of you learn to ride a bicycle? Have any of you ever learned to use Excel? Have any of you ever learned to lead a team? Uh, it's very helpful if somebody will come alongside you, not in front of you, not pushing you, but somebody who partners right alongside you in this thought-provoking creative process, inspiring you. So please don't miss this. This is a whole body experience. I'm using my brain, right? Thought-provoking. And then I'm also inspired, which is really like gut soul stuff. Like, you know, like I really wanted to be a hero for my team and learn the butterfly. You know, when I learned Excel, I didn't want to learn Excel. But I learned it, and now I have this skill that helps me maximize my personal and professional life. And that is really what we want to do. And so I want you to think about somebody in your life that perhaps came alongside you and helped you do something that you have never done before and how it maximized your personal and professional life. And here's the thing I want to tell you is that, whoa, 
this is not happening out in the world. It could be. Many people, the, the HR, the SHRM, um, Society of Human Resource Management, all the SHRM things that are out there, all the surveys they ever do, uh, it says the number one reason why people quit their job is not because of the job, but because of their leader, their boss, their mentor, their lack of mentoring, their lack of coaching. And they don't have, they don't see any way forward where they can maximize their personal and professional life. And so if you're leading people or working alongside people or leading a team or however it looks, you need to be a coach because you want people thinking differently. So let's talk one second about your brain. Uh, so you could, you know, be on the YouTube and look up a hundred thousand different videos about how the brain works. But this is what I understand is that in my brain, I have neural passageways and these neural passageways are locked and loaded, meaning that off the ends of my neurons are these like little hairy things called ganglia and they, they connect together when that neural passageway is created. And so this is how we do habits. This is how you drive to work and you don't even know how you got there because you're just turning left and putting your, your clicker on and looking at the lights, but it's all like on autopilot, right? And a lot of people that work inside of our organizations, they're on autopilot. They're doing the same thing that they did yesterday, today, and they'll do it tomorrow and next week. Unless we coach them um, in a thought-provoking creative process to move forward, to think creatively, uh, to do things in a new way. And just to bottom line this whole thing about coaching and how important it is, is the fact that, you know, Companies have to innovate, they have to be creative, and they have to have thinking employees. They do not want employees on autopilot. So let's help coach people. So that's why we're doing the vibrant coaching toolbox. All right. So why coaching? So a lot of people are like, why do you need a coach? Well, look at all these reasons right here. So number one is we need to manage change. You know, here's the thing, you know, uh, change is inevitable. It's at every turn. If I asked you to write down, name three changes that happened last year inside your organization, you'd be like, only three? <laughs> so there's a bunch of changes going on. And then here's the other thing. Uh, if you want to be relevant, you want to be paid well, you want to get promoted, you want to be a high potential, you need to be changing. And, and literally, change happens better and in a more robust, vibrant way if you've got somebody coaching you along, because remember, it is a thought-provoking creative process to maximize your personal and your professional life, right? So change, it helps with career growth. Here's what I know. The better you are, the further you go. Uh, it helps interpersonal communication. A coach can give advice, right? Which is a little bit of mentoring. It can help you set goals. It can help you with your job satisfaction. It can provide support. It can help you be a strategic thinker, help you get through conflict feedback. Uh, when you improve, the organization improves and your performance goes up. So coaching does a lot of great things. So if you lead people, you need to be coaching. And, and like, please don't miss this. You have better people. Your life is better. Better is better. That's what I know. So help your people be better. Now, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about four different hats that need to be on your hat rack in your office. Are you ready to build your vibrant culture? 
Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with their strategies, systems, and smarts to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Your organization will get lit from within. Email her at Nicole at VibrantCulture.com and be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at VibrantCulture.com. So the first one is your leadership hat. And so this leadership hat is all about moving people forward. So, you know, if I could reach through the screen and grab your hand and say, come on, that's what leadership is. Leadership is pulling people in a direction in in, in a way that we want to go into the future, right? So it is very future oriented. So here's what I want you to do while you're listening. I want you to take a piece of paper. Get your whiteboard, stand up next to your whiteboard. I want you to draw a horizontal line. And on the left-hand side, I want you to put an X at the end of the line. And on the right-hand side, I want you to put an X on the end of the line. And here's the truth about an organization and the truth about the humans inside the organization is that that organization and everybody in that organization is traveling this thing. And I call it the lifeline. And that lifeline we spend like almost a third of our lives working, right? You know, if you're lucky, and you're going to retire at 65. But, but here's the thing. You're traveling the lifeline and people who have a vision, have excitement about the future, are change agents. The quality of that lifeline is better. Like quality of life goes up if we're paying attention to our future. Now, I'm not saying live in the future, but I am saying live with an intention to have a better future. So if I'm sitting down to work with a colleague or an employee and I'm talking to them about their future, I'm helping them see what might be possible for them, for their team, for the organization. And like, maybe this would even impact the world, right? So we want to talk to people about their future. And we want to set goals with them and we want to encourage them to change. So here's the thing about change. Change means that I am going to grow. I'm going to become something I haven't become. So when we're leading people, we're saying, like, here's where we want to go. Now, here's a very important thing is, is people need to have a vision for their own careers, a career path. And that vision needs to be connected by the leader to where the company is going, right? So it's very future-oriented. So I, I work with a company over in Denver, North Carolina. Um, their North American office is there, but their international office is in Austria. And the company is called Blue. And it's an amazing company. And they are talking to people all the time about their path, their way forward, they call it. And every single leader is required in the organization to sit down with every employee and say, what do you want to do with your career? And, you know, you get all sorts of responses. And the cool thing is that that people are actually getting the opportunity to declare where they want to go. Now, some people say, I, I'm good. I'm right here. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm happy. I'm steady. I'm steady, Eddie. But the leader is at least opening the door, asking people, where do you want to go? Now, there are other people in life. Oh, well, your job. And the leaders over there and leaders everywhere don't need to be concerned. They need to be so happy when somebody says, you know, I want your job. <laughs> because what that means is that you now have somebody to teach, train, 
lead, manage, coach, and mentor to do the things you know how to do. Now, here's the thing. The minute you do that with somebody else, guess what happens to you? You become promotable and you become a high potential. So the development, the coaching, using this toolbox is going to help make a stronger human. And when you have a bunch of strong humans, you have a very strong organization. And that is what I call building a vibrant culture. All right. So we're going to get people turned on to their future. They're going to get lit from within. So I have a little acronym. Let me throw it in here real quick. It's called LIT. And here, here's what LIT stands for. Maybe you want to write this down. So the L stands for um, lead forward. Next thing is I. The I stands for integrity, right? Integrity. And the last thing is transform the ordinary. So here's what we want to do. We want to get people linked. We want them to lead towards the future. We want them to declare a future and get on with it. Turn what is possible into the probable. Don't miss that. And we want people to live in integrity, do this with a whole heart, their whole being, all their willingness. And then we want them to transform what's ordinary today into something that is extraordinary. So that is getting lit. That is building a vibrant culture. So it is, it is future-oriented. Now, I talked about change just a minute ago. But what we want to do is we want to look at what could be possible for this individual, for this team, and for this organization. So change is super, super important. And, you know, the world has changed. I've already established that. But we can actually be the change agents. So that is a different thing to think about, is that we could be change agents. So moving forward in a beautiful way and transforming things. Is so I just want you to think about the last time you were frustrated <laughs> at work and you thought, this is frustrating. There's the moment where you could change something, right? So maybe it's a policy. It's a procedure. It is a um, person's attitude on the team. We could help change that. Um, all sorts of different things. So typically, an obstacle of frustration is an indicator of where we could make a change. And, and here's the thing. In your career, if you can be a change agent and fix the frustrations of those around you, you're going to have a beautiful career. All right. Next thing is we could drive performance, right? So again, my teacher, my coach who taught me how to do the butterfly. I mean, I, I can do breaststroke, backstroke, I can do freestyle. But then she comes in and she's like, nope. Who needs to help me uh, fill in this blank, right? So we're going to this swim meet and nobody can do the butterfly. And so not only did my performance improve, but then the performance of my entire team because we got to put a name in there, all right? And so we actually participated, which was the first step in performance. Did I win? I win. But eventually I got much better. The other thing about leading is when you talk about how life can be better, People become inspired. And, and earlier I said that, you know, this is a, a full body thing that we do. You know, we're changing the way we think, but we're also changing what's going on, like, in our guts. And I'm going to call it soul. So I hope that it's cool for everybody. But, like, you know, it's soul work to lead, right? It's like, you know what we could do? You know what is possible for us? It, you know, it, it's like something turns on in the inside you know, like you could call it purpose, you could call it mission, you could call it calling. Uh, but something on the inside of us goes, whoa, I think I can do that. And so it's almost like when that happens, there's a lifting inside of us that gets us up out of our chair and gets us moving. And when you leave, what influence, right? So let's talk about influence for a hot second. So influencing, um, you know, there's two ways you can do it. One is that you can influence in a positive way. 
And if you're a fan of John Maxwell like me, you know that his definition of leadership, if I go look up John Maxwell, watch a video, get one of his books, put that on the to-do list, uh, his definition of leadership is influence. I would just add the word positive on the front end of that word because we all know somebody who is a negative influence on the organization. So leaders need to influence in a positive way. And, and if you wanted to write anything down next to the word influencing, what I would write down is this. Leave people better than you found them. Okay. Don't leave people worse off. Even if you're giving feedback that's corrective or you have to have a serious conversation with somebody, you can leave them in a state where they feel cared for and, and that they know your intention behind whatever you've said is good and pure and in integrity with what is right to the best of your ability. And then finally, the thing about leading we need to understand, it is all about inventing a new way. And so we need to invent new ways. So, you know, my favorite story about inventing a new way is, you know, when I was growing up, not only did I swim, but I roller skated a lot. Who we all roller skated on the roller skates with the four wheels? I used to roller skate around the neighborhood when I was in Unster. And uh, at first, the first thing I ever got to roller skate around the neighborhood with was a cassette player. And so it was the Sony Walkman. And so I would have my little Sony Walkman, and I'd put my Elton John tape in, and I would cruise around the neighborhood. Well, the next thing I did is I got a Sony CD Walkman, right? And so I put my CD in there. It wasn't as good as the cassette player because it would skip all the time. But that was the next iteration. And then the next thing that came along, which my kids got, which was the iPod Nano. Does anybody remember? I have one in the drawer right there. It's like an antique. But the iPod Nano was awesome. And so I would challenge you on the YouTube, go look up Steve Jobs talking about the iPod Nano. He's, he's sitting up there, he's in his black turtleneck, he's got his glasses on, he's got his blue jeans on, and he pats his pocket, and he talks about how he has a ton of songs in his So, you know, he invented a new way. And whether we're doing customer service, uh, we're running a call center, we're running a credit union, we're running retail, we're running, you know, bloom manufacturing that I mentioned earlier, there are ways that we can invent a new way forward. And so, You've got to, first of all, be future-oriented yourself. Where are we going? Because, again, if we're going to play follow leader, well, where are we going? You've got to tell people, this is where I think we should go. And you've got to invite people to help you do that along the way. So while you're doing that, you're, you're a true leader yourself, inventing a way forward, future-oriented, influencing, inspiring, driving performance and change, you're bringing everybody else along with you. All right? So that is the first hat in your toolbox. Now, the second hat in your toolbox is this managing hat. And you can see right here the list of words. And I, I, a lot of people get in the managing mode and they forget about the leading mode. In fact, a lot of companies that I work with, you know, the, the only future-oriented document they've got written down that they looked at consistently, don't miss that. The only document they have written down that they look at consistently is the budget. But in this case, what we want to do is we want to have um, documents that talk about the future um, and then we manage the process in the present, okay? So lead into the future by managing what's going on in the present, right? So managing. So it is present-oriented. So remember the little line I had you draw on the piece of paper? There was a line across, an X on the left and an X on the right. 
So you're traveling along this lifeline, and there's today, okay? And, and put an, uh, a line where today is. And so think about this. What am I doing today to make that future thing happen? What do I need to do in the present? And so what we need to do is we need to sit down and we need to manage these next eight hours, right? So time management, maybe we'll do a little time management series in the future, uh, but we need to manage the eight hours that we have right now. And so we're going to maintain the process. We're going to maintain the procedures. Uh, we are going to look at the expectations that were set when we were leading, and we're going to look at what should we measure to see if we're going to get where we said we wanted to go when we were when we had our leadership hat on, when we had our vision hat on, right? So the KPIs or key productivity indicators, we have to start measuring some things. And that's the managing, right? So I measure it today, I measure it next week, or I measure it this month, I measure it next month, I measure it this year, I measure it next year. You know, there'll be different time frames that we measure things, but we're gonna look at things and say, how are we doing? How quickly are we getting to our future state that we said we wanted? Now, after we look at our KPIs, our key productivity indicators, then we're stepping back and we're looking at how did we do, right? So let's say it's seven more tick marks on that lifeline, right? It's a week from now. And we look at our KPIs and we say, this number's not moving like, like we wanted it to move. So we're going to go in there and start controlling that. So we're going to look at the process. So let's say we don't have as much uh, revenue coming in as we want. We need, we need to look at the sales process and we need to control the sales process. Maybe we need a script. Maybe, maybe we need training. Maybe we need to do a ride-along with the salespeople. Maybe we need to look and see if they're using the CRM, right? The customer relationship manager. So we start controlling, right? Now, as we're controlling the process and we're looking at it, now we're we're not quote unquote micromanaging here. Although let me tell you something about micromanaging. Everybody says they don't want it, but sometimes I need it. I need somebody to look inside my process, tell me whether or not I'm doing it right. Like, have you ever gotten a tip from somebody? What I like to call a strategy, a system, or smart, and you're like, oh my god, that's funny. That will really help me. And it's because you allow that person to come in. To your process and look at it. They're at a microscopic level, right? And they're helping you control your process. This, this is wonderful, okay? It's not wonderful all the time, but it's wonderful sometimes. So sometimes we need to get in there and micromanage, control the process, right? See what we're missing. It can be something very simple, but if we don't get a close-up look, yeah, figure it out. All right, the next thing is exerting power and authority. So here's what I know about managing processes, and here's what I know about managing people is that sometimes people don't carry the process out completely or they skip a step or they forget a step. And you have to go in there and you have to say, hey, listen, you have to do A, then B, then C. Please don't do A, then C. And see, that's that's a grown-up. That takes a real manager, okay? Uh, somebody of courage uh, to come in and say, this is what we need to do. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I was working with the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and had the best time. I was working with their engineering staff over there. What a great, fun group of people. And there was this guy. He was the safety guy. His name was Chris. And we were talking. And, you know, this guy has to exert power and authority all the time. 
And thank God he does. Because if he doesn't, the students at UNC Charlotte are not going to be safe. You know, put your goggles on. Get your suit on. Put up the proper, you know, stuff to do this experiment that you're, you're engineering now. Uh, and, and it's because people necessarily are stuck. It's just that, you know, we have to have somebody who keeps the guardrails on. And, 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 right. So sometimes we have to exert our power and authority. And in this series, I'm going to talk about giving feedback. And I think that that will be super helpful. So giving feedback is also exerting your power and authority. So that's coming. And then that last thing is quality control. So there's, there was president we had, Ronnie Reagan. Uh, go look him up. And he had a sense of humor, which was fantastic. And uh, when I was in very formative, you know, late teens, early 20s, he was in office, and I was being challenged to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do, you know, with regard to what I believe about politics and this kind of thing, and so that was our president, so he'd watch, and, and one of the things that, that about Reagan that I love is he has a bunch of great quotes, but one of the, his things that he said that I think is so true, one of the best managing mantras you can have is inspect what you expect, right? So, you, you have to go out and you have to look around at what's going on inside your organization. Last thing I'll say about quality control is that there's this little teeny tiny book and it is like the classic. It's called The One Minute Manager. Would you please write that down and would you please go out and get The One Minute Manager? Okay, so The One the Manager is so fantastic because it's all these really simple, like when you read it, you're like, duh, but like, are you doing it? You know? So we want to have these habits of managing in place. So the, the one that I think is so important that's in there is manage by walking around. So we're challenged in uh, 21st century, uh, you know, workplace because we are remote. We are traveling, back to traveling. Uh, some of the people I know that uh, are traveling for time, making up the lost ground uh, based on what happened during the pandemic. And, you know, we're out there looking around, taking a look at what's happening. Um, and so you might be either completely remote or out there traveling a bunch, but you've got to get out with the people or you've got to get on the Zoom and you've got to check in with them. Uh, you got to see how people are doing. you got to have conversations about the quality of their work. And if it's not up to stuff, you're going to have to give them feedback. And so that's what we're doing about feedback in future sessions. All right, last two are mentoring and coaching. So again, what are we talking about here? We're talking about four hats that are on your hat rack in your office and four kind of modalities uh, that you need to learn to tilt to uh, while you're leading people. And we're talking about things inside of the vibrant coaching toolbox. So the, the third is mentoring. And here's the thing about mentors. They're very hard to find. You know, most people are not wanting around looking for a project. So if you don't have a mentor, you have to find one and you have to ask for their help. Some of the quick stories. So I have a client, her name is Amy. I love her dearly. And we've been coaching for a very, very long time. So at one point in Amy's career, uh, she was in banking. She, you know, really needed somebody to help her, like kind of navigate the career path. Well, she's female and, you know, I challenged her. I said, well, you probably need to find another gal who had some top confidence, who has kind of done that, right? Who's navigated through the system and can can share you kind of how she went about it. And she said, well, gosh, you know, who's going to want to do that for me? And I'm like, 
Well, I don't know until we ask. So if you write anything down about mentoring is one, if you don't have one, you need to, ask, you need to go ask somebody to do it for you. Right? Now, before you ask them, uh, you need to understand mentoring. Okay? So here's the deal. Mentoring is you're asking that person, would you share your expertise with me? Could you tell me the things those that you've done along the way that have made a huge difference? And, and don't stop. The littler things make a huge difference. It's like the 8 20 rule. Look that up. Uh, they can impart skills. They can tell you how to have a conversation. They can show you how to use a lathe. They can, you know, all sorts of different things depending on where you work. But they can show you how to use the equipment, how to use the system, how to use the environment, how to work the culture, right? And they can help you transfer technologies. So when I say technology, it could be as complicated as learning how to use a software program, and it could be as simple as learning how to shake hands. So there's, you know, a technique to shaking hands, and there's a technique and a strategy and a whole bunch of learning that goes into a new software system. But a mentor can help you learn the thing you need to learn. So let's say you get a job and you need to know how to make pivot tables and whiz bang things happen in Excel, and you're like, oh my gosh, all I got is the basics. You have to go out and find yourself a mentor who will sit there and who will actually help you. Yeah. Here's the thing about asking for a mentor is that people I find are typically helpful. If you can express what your mentor want your mentor to do for you, and you put it into a time frame, you put it into some format and ask them if they could do that for you. Most people are willing to help. Now, if you get a no, I'm too busy, I've got too much on my plate, you go find somebody else. Now, in my own life, I have mentors. Uh, I have several, actually. Uh, and they help me with all sorts of different things. Everything from my spiritual life to my to my business life. You know, I've got people that I've asked, will you help me? And they're like, of course, I'll be glad to. Uh, right now, I am uh, getting certified in yoga, uh, so I, hopefully that will be done here in just the next month or so. I'll be updated. And uh, the lady that is in charge of the program, her name's Diane, and she has said, if not one time, she has said a hundred times, just call me if you need. Does that sound familiar to you? So there's these mentors out there. Uh, we just need to take advantage, not take advantage, but take the advantage of having a mentor. All right, so they can help transfer technologies. They can give you advice, like you're stuck. Like I'm trying to teach this yoga class, and she's like, oh, here's what you do. Do this, okay? All sorts of things people can tell you because they have experience, right, which gave them the expertise. And they can train you on things. And don't miss this. The very bottom of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, it says mentors help you connect the dots when connections are not made. And so really important. Mentoring is like, I don't get it. Why are we doing that? I don't get it. I don't understand. And the mentor helps you. So I've been talking about the mentor as in you need to go get one, but let's talk about you being a mentor. Now, now here's the truth of the matter. If you've been in your career for a little while, it could be three months, it could be 30 years, you probably have some expertise. You, you may have been doing a function or something over and over and over again, and you know how to do it. And don't miss this around you, around other people who don't know how to do it. So instead of getting frustrated that they don't know how to do it, you, you go to them and you say, I'd like to mentor you on doing this. 
I think I can help you. And again, 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 tags people around us who are doing good work, it makes our work easier. That is just how it works, right? You can impart your skills. Again, you have skillful people around you. Life is easier. If you give people the trick, you transfer technology, you teach them how to do things, you teach them the way forward, give them advice, train them, help them connect the dots, your life will be easier. So question, have you ever been asked to be a mentor? It doesn't have to be so formal. It could just be like, my door is open. You know, call me, email me. I'll get you an answer. That is what we're talking about. So um, we'll talk a little bit about leadership philosophy in this series, but I'm telling you what's really, really important uh, in this thing to understand is that like, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to your people places, you want to run an organization, you want to run your family or run yourself well, you know, you're going to have to have like kind of a, a philosophy. And you know, my philosophy is super simple. Uh, my philosophy is help all you can and learn all you can. That's it. So when people ask me, I, I try to help them and I am constantly learning. So you can, you can have my, you can have the same philosophy as me. I invite you to have that philosophy. All right. Last thing we're going to talk about on this episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast is the fourth hat on your leadership hat rack, and that is coaching. And as you can tell from the beginning of this podcast, I mean, like, I am jammed up, excited about coaching and, and have been since 2007 because I have seen the powerful things that coaching can do. And here are the skills inside of coaching. And I'm going to share this with you as we go through the series. But the first one is like asking powerful questions. People need to be challenged with questions. Now, during the leading, during the managing, during the mentoring, we are doing a little bit of telling. Here's what you should do. A little bit of advice giving. But when we get to coaching, we are trying to do that thought-provoking, creative process that we talked about at the definition of coaching at the beginning, where people are connecting their own dots. Let's go to the bottom of the page. If you're on YouTube, it says facilitating the development of the ability to connect the dots. Thinking for yourself. Coaching helps you start thinking for yourself. And so the coach has to ask powerful questions, inquire about things, be curious about things. They need to probe around on things. In fact, right before I started recording this episode, Early this morning, I had a coaching a client, and she was talking about something, and then she said, I need to survive where I am. And here we are talking about our future, and then this thing just popped out of her mouth, and she says, I need to survive where I am. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? See, she has a neural passageway that says, you need to survive. You need to survive. She's trying to survive this place she works at. And, and, and it, it feels still good. But, you know, when that thing popped out of her mouth that didn't make sense, because here we are talking about the future, she just says, I got to survive. Which, you know, having a bigger future or surviving? Which one should we do? Let's have the bigger future. And so I had to challenge her. I'm like, you know what you just said? This thing just popped out of your mouth. And we call that mirroring in coaching. But you said you need to just survive. How do we reframe that? And so coaching is about helping people think in a different way. I got to get that thought out of her brain, you know, that neural passageway that says survive, 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 thrive, thrive, thrive. 
that's what we're trying to do with folks is get them there and create that future vision. So, you know, is actually telling people, showing people the way forward and coaching is inviting the employee, the associate, your partner, your kids to think about a better future. And we facilitate the development and the ability to connect the dots. So here's my challenge to you in the next space of time before our next episode comes out. I want you to think about how could you intentionally use these four hats to lead better, manage better, mentor better, and coach better in service to building this thing called the vibrant culture. Because here's what a vibrant culture is. It is a group of happy people doing work they enjoy. And people who are happy are usually people who feel like their work matters, somebody's paying attention to them, and they're getting a resource with what they need to find the way forward, right? That's really to be happy. And, you know, most of us have our heads, you know, on correctly. We understand, like, I got I to gotta work. And that's a reality, right? So, so why could work somewhere where somebody's building me up? And, and if I build up, you know, I get lit from within, right? I, I am leading towards the future. I am integrating integrity and I am transforming ordinary in my own life. And, and ultimately goes into the organization where I'm in, or the family I'm in, or the partnership I'm in, the marriage I'm in, whatever. Right? So we build a vibrant culture, getting everybody. So this has been another episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you want to know more, you'd like to work with me personally, I'd be delighted. Go to www.vibrantculture.com and check it out. My phone number's right on the website. Give me a buzz. Let's figure out how we can help your leaders build a vibrant culture. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more like-minded listeners. Remember, the journey to building a vibrant culture never stops. Stay inspired, keep nurturing your vibrant culture, and we can't wait to reconnect with you on the next exciting episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast.